I'm your host, Timmy Doom. And, uh, oh yeah, I haven't been around for the past few months as as I record this and as I post this in early March. I haven't been around, uh, that's for like three, about four months. <sighs> that sucks, but you know what? You know why? Because I was at, <laughs> I was in dire straits financially and I had to scramble and get some stuff together. Now, Actually, I could have been posting, but when I'm in high stress like that, and then when I, and what happened, eventually I got a job, and I, and not only did I get a job, but some, an other, another unforeseen financial uh, source came also, so that helped me out, and, uh, you know, I, but I was still stressed out because I had to go to that job and had to fit my schedule around that job and some other things that I was doing at the time, uh, school, I was taking a couple of classes, school courses to bone up, you know, some adult courses as well as the job. So yeah, I was, I was preoccupied, but I got my stuff together temporarily. I mean, I, (laughs) whatever I needed, then the money I needed and stuff, I got it. I was working that job and I was cool uh, until last week when I got let go of that job. And now I'm back in the same predicament that I was in uh, December. But F it, I'm going to at least do a show. I'm still hanging while I'm hanging on this thread, this financial (laughs) thread that's about to break. Like Spidey, I'm going to sling one last, uh, one last webbing at you. If I can, uh, instead of bitching and moaning you know when I'm sling this web of comic book goodness at you I will talk about comics I ain't gonna because I, I was thinking that, yeah I, I'll just talk about I'll bitch a little bit about the job and pe- how people are a-holes at jobs but who cares I don't work that job anymore that's what I was going to complain about that job that I just worked um, but I don't have to go there <laughs> and I'm happy about it you know, I was cool with the job because at night I was working mostly alone with one of my coworkers and he was cool. Um, but, uh, everybody else is kind of assholes, but they were gone after an hour and then it was just, uh, I would, me working alone mostly. Uh, but then toward the end it got stressful, but since I don't have to work there, I, why should I talk about that shit? Who cares? It's the same as any other job that's, uh, uh, 
blue collar labor type job bullshit you know it's a middle you gotta deal with minimal man, management who act like you've got a great gold <laughs> a great piece of gold here with this job and that you know this job is the most important thing in the world it's not and they're like children they're insecure they gotta you know they gotta try to make you feel little and petty by saying stuff that's not even important that has nothing to do uh, with the job at hand but I don't have to deal with that you know because I was talking shit that's why probably why I got canned that's part of it but uh fuck them let's get to what's important or at least stuff that I like that makes me happy outside of a stupid job what do I like to do I like writing I like stories I like imagination stuff you know that's the stuff that's the good stuff right there and uh Let's talk about that. I walked into, I went to the library because I like writing and stories and stuff. I walked into the library, even though I didn't need to have my butt at the library. The past couple, a couple of days this week, I went down there and I just meant to go in, like look at something, look at, uh, whatever they had on sale in the bookstore and leave. But of course I walked by the comic book section and I saw on two separate days, I saw, Animal Man Volume 1. That was the only one there on the first day. And I said, you know what? Let me read this. Uh, and this is the new Animal Man. Animal Man from New 52, written by Jeff Lemire. And the second, a couple of days later, I walked in and said, let me, I said, don't look at the shelf. I shouldn't even walk in the library in the first place. I didn't need to buy anything. I didn't need to do anything, but I went in anyway. And I said, let me just glance at the comic book shelf again. And this time, Volume one was gone because, but I had already read it, but volume two of animal man was there and it wasn't there a couple of days before I said, ah, since I just read the first six issues in volume one, let me read volume two and finish it. You know, at least now I'll be caught up because I want to be caught up with animal man before I dismiss it. Even though I read animal man, uh, like number one and two. And then later on I read like issues 17, whatever the end of the rot was I can't even totally remember how it ended but the rot storyline basically the rot the, the storyline in these first three volumes of Animal Man the first comics that they did they get right into the storyline called The Rot that lasted wow a year and a half when that comic came first came out when uh, DC's New 52 debuted in late 2011 I read the first couple of issues and there were some things I, I liked about that intrigued me but mostly that was because it was well I'll tell you why I was intrigued but I didn't want to dismiss this series uh, or make any judgment I wanted to read I wanted to catch up on it and see if I was going to get hooked into this world like I was hooked into Grant Morrison's Animal Man run uh, and the answer of course is no okay Jeff Lemire the writer of this here and this one of the artists our travel foreman I guess you yeah you can count him as a storyteller since he's the artist but I want to talk about the the concrete part of the story is the writing okay yes I love the art but whatever flaws I have is mostly with the writing Okay, travel foreman's art, I'll just say, is too abstract for me. I don't really 
but there's there's elements of it that I liked, and then there was, I think there were other artists uh, throughout those twelve first twelve issues, first two volumes, and um, I liked some of their art. But Travel Foreman, it's, it's too abstract. It's it's not <laughs> it's not like the old school kind of art that I like. I like solid lines, solid ink lines, and you know, not that abstract lines with all kinds of li- little lines and shit. I like art. Like the 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 Brian Bolin covers that were on. Of course, everybody loves that, but that's I want something closer to that. Okay, that's what I want to see. Brian Bolin, not Travel Foreman. But let's get back to the writing. Let's get back to Jeff Lemire. He's overrated. Okay, I'm gonna talk shit. I don't care. I'm a critic. This is my show. He's overrated. Okay, he he did this this uh comic book i read sweet tooth his his uh, comic book that i don't know if it's still going on or whatever but i read a bunch of issues of them and it was just boring to me and basically sweet tooth is there's nothing it's this thing people do where like okay so i can keep from being plain and normal plain and uninteresting what can i do to make it my story unique oh i'll just make this a boy but he won't just be a regular boy. He'll have antlers coming from his head. He'll be kind of a freak in a weird, kind of weird world. I don't know if it's post-apocalyptic or what, but it's a weird uh, America that's different from ours in the future. But it's more, but there's no future. It's not futuristic at all. It's more, it's closer to run down to nothing to, you know, it's a, it's a wild, wild west type of world, I believe, you know. Not what, yeah, it's kind of wild, and and it's run down. It's more like rural. It's a rural. It takes place in rural settings, and uh, Sweet Tooth, the character has a kind of a father figure a guy who guardian that looks after him. I don't know if it's his father or not, but basically that guy reminds me of. Since I just saw this movie and I didn't see, and I didn't see this movie because I wanted to see it, I saw it because um, when I'm taking a class at a, a local college just to bone up on some things, and um, that that class we have to watch, we had to watch Gran Torino. Had no interest in seeing it, but that's what the the, the, the teacher he assigned us a, a horrible book that is so uninteresting, something that I would not want to read at all. But we got to read it, so I'm reading it called The Gilead. And now that's just this, <laughs> the idea behind that is just so trite. And the story, the movie he had us watch, Gran Torino, more trite shit. But the character in Sweet Tooth, the Guardian character, reminds me of uh, the Clint Eastwood character in Gran Torino or Billion Dollar Baby. I saw that shit too a long time ago. So. That guy, imagine him walking the the Midwest or you know whatever rural America, farmlands and shit, with this weird little freak boy with antlers coming out of his head. Basically, it's uh, Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino and uh, Toby Maguire from Cider House Rules, and I hate that Toby Maguire character that he plays in mostly every movie. I don't care what it is. He's playing his, He's playing Tobey Maguire. He's playing himself. That's why I didn't like his Spider-Man. He's more of a cipher. He doesn't say anything. People say stuff to him. 
and that's what I, I don't I don't like that. Okay, Peter Parker to me is a little more proactive. He might everybody is every, because of this movie everybody think Peter Parker's a nerd. He's more proactive than that. So think of a younger, a young, fourteen year old Tobey Maguire from Cider House Rules, you know, younger than that, and antlers out of his head, walking, walking the earth with uh, Clint Eastwood, with Clint Eastwood, the storyline that runs with the Clint Eastwood sensibilities, uh, the sensibility that Clint Eastwood puts in all his film, trite. Thumbs down a sweet tooth, and come to think of it, the rest of Jeff Lemire's uh, work. Well, I mean, at that library they have more Jeff Lemire sto- uh, books. Um, those books, I guess they were independent stories. I forgot the name of them, but they're basically it's a, a, a kid in the Midwest who, you know, that's it, a kid in the Midwest, and just think of when I, I say Midwest, it's wheat fields in a rural house and just a kid doing whatever he's doing there, wanting more out of life. That's, that's what I look at those books. That's what I see. And that's, ugh. and I guess when he came to DC, he had to shake it up. So he put antlers on the kid's head trite. And to me, the only saving grace, the only interesting parts of his animal man was the first few issues where he was setting up the family and that's basically if you're following Grant Morrison's guideline for Buddy Baker's family, then you're straight. I mean, that, no, I mean that's not going to save you. But I'm saying if you follow that as far as his family's interaction with each other, then you got gold there. And that's basically what he did with the setup in the first issue. That's why it was good. And he had a couple unusual things happen that I thought was pretty cool. But but we can uh, attribute that to travel foreman's visuals because he, even though I don't like the abstract type of art, the ideas, the visual ideas and the, some of the ideas he had were good. But once you got the storyline going along, basically the family is, there's the green. I think we all know what the green, the green in the DC universe, there's swamp thing. Okay. And he is tapped into a force called the green and just like you know just like silver surfer taps into the cosmic force okay he doesn't wield this great power it funnels through through him the cosmic it's like the force in star wars whatever uh silver surfer was he was given access to it by galactus and now the cosmic uh the power cosmic flows through him you know, like a spigot. That's how it was explained in one of the, the Peter David uh, Hulk comics. And that's a good way to explain it. And that's the way I see uh, the green and the red in the DC universe. The green is this, you know, is the life force behind plants and green vegetation on Earth. And uh, the Floronic Man and Swamp Thing tap into that. Okay. And the red is more like the flesh. This is the way I understand the flesh, whether it be animal, mostly and anything in the animal kingdom. But since there are more animals than human, you know, <laughs> then, you know, since all the species of animals numerate into the hundreds, if you tap into the red, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get access, I guess, to humans. But 
you rather get access to animals and that's what animal man has he has access to the red and these are the balance these are the force but hey oh not just those two not just the green not just the red there's also the rot which is death and decay and it's not a it's not seen as a bad thing because we need that that's a balance of life you know of course they're going to say that that's what that's what all the stories say about that stuff we need death as well as life so there's the three things and i don't know if jeff lemire put the rot in dc universe or if that's something that came before with uh ellen moore or somebody but it's here and <laughs> and um they explain that it's neither one of those three are bad are any worse than the other even though i'd rather not hang out in the rot i'd rather hang out in the green or the red but not the rot but <laughs> but the rot is seeping over and the rot there's an avatar for the rot that wants power and they exp you know and it's a big reveal later on who the avatar for the rot is whatever anyway <laughs> so of course they say that there were times back in the past when either the red got too froggy and wanted to you know wanted to be powerful and then the other two the rot and the green had to put the red in check and the green once upon a time got you know that got out of balance too and then they had to put that back in balance but of course for the purpose of the story we can't have uh the swamp things uh green getting antsy and then he has to fight it even though that would be more unique wouldn't it to see the uh animal man and swamp thing and something from the rot have to go <laughs> against the the swamp things own avatars that would be interesting or the same thing with the red but no of course the rot the decay the nastiness the fungus the bacteria that's what rises up and has to be stopped and it takes a year and a half storyline and it's basically it's the buddy baker family on the run that's it they're on the road they're on the run like david banner in the hulk tv show and guess what i didn't like the hulk tv show as a kid uh even though i do want to go back and watch it again but did that you know that whole fugitive thing that's you know they can kill that okay there are a lot of unique visuals, like I said, by Travel Foreman, and I give it a thumbs up for that. But, and the, oh, of course, the, the other unique thing, I should have remembered this girl's, little girl's name, but uh, Buddy Baker's daughter, just like in Grant Morrison's comics, she's got, she's a badass when when it comes to the to the red she actually she's the avatar she's the next avatar of the red she's the next chosen one like that baby in the x-men who is the next you know is the chosen mutant hope she's like that <laughs> um and she's but and buddy baker only has the power because they needed somebody to protect her uh they needed somebody to you know he gave he you know he pro he procreated her with his wife she was always intended to be the avatar and he was always be intended to be merely her protector not some superhero but a protector of the avatar of the red and that's what this is about him protecting his daughter and fighting the rot but it takes a year and a fucking half and i read only 12 issues of it and it got tired quick oh and i also hated the fact that in those 12 issues they were 
you know, they're on the run, but they have to, you have to find Alec Holland, they say, the Swamp Thing. And it's like, you know, that's not going to, they're not going to do that in the fifth issue or the sixth issue. <laughs> they, they did it, you know, I, I only read up the, I'm only going to talk about the, the first two volumes because I read like one or two issues later on, but I ain't going to talk about those. I'm talking about, which I wasn't impressed with those either. These first two volumes issues one to 12 fuck them okay oh and but just to and this thing that killed me just to assuade the audience or to to you know to give them a little little chew toy to chew on okay we're not going to show you swamp thing we're not going to team up the swamp thing with animal man right now but here check this out and in the annual they have <laughs> from a 1909 swamp thing and a 1909 animal man Get, get get together, lame, lame to fight the rock. Basically, in that annual, they do what they did in a year and a half of the Swamp Thing, Animal Man, uh, get together team up in the Animal Man comic book, which was uh, Animal Animal Man finds Swamp Thing, and the rot gets out of hand, starts killing everybody and taking over all the animals. And, and they become animal zombies, killing everybody. And the 1909 Animal Man has to, he first he discovers his powers, then he has to team up with the 1909 Swamp Thing, and they defeat the Rot for now. They just did. That undermines the whole 18 issues of Animal Man right there, t- trying to team up with a, uh, and the Swamp Thing, because the Swamp Thing was doing the same storyline. I just hope it was more interesting than fucking Animal Man comic book. Eight a year and a half to do what they did on one issue of that annual of that annual Animal Man annual. Fuck this shit. This is why I hate comics. It's a waste of fucking time. Uh, in the Grant Morrison comics and Alan Moore comics, they gave me something to chew on every issue. And here, there was nothing to chew on. If you grab any besides the first first issue first two issues I say of this new Animal Man if you grabbed any other single issue it'd just be a piece of a puzzle basically a family traveling running away from something but no story to each one it's a bigger it's a small piece of a bigger story there's no lesson in it there's nothing to take home there's not you know there's nothing to think about or care about that each each Grant Morrison Animal Man story was fucking awesome. And even if it's a part of a larger story, there was still always, it was still always, there was solo stories in that run. And each piece of the puzzle was its own treasure on its own that you could take on its own and and ingest without having to go and buy the other issues. The same thing with Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. So, thumbs down. To, <laughs> because I'm going to compare because I, I usually don't like comparing to other stuff but when I already seen the mountain <laughs> I've been to the mountaintop <laughs> with Grant Morrison and Alan Moore already took me to the mountaintop and your ass is taking me to down the street the corner store fuck you okay I want to go back to the mountaintop okay and Jeff Lemire doesn't have the he doesn't have the skills to take me up past the foot of the mountain. Fuck him. 
fuck this animal man. And uh, I done talked too long about it. I done talked 20 something minutes about this goddamn thing. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I spent this much time on it. It should have been 10 minutes. Anyway, uh, join me next time when Trenchcomb Mafia and myself will talk about an old comic book. We still, I still got to uh, <laughs> release the old, the Phantom Zone review. We did the Phantom Zone uh, from 1982, the Superman comic book. Uh, well, actually, it's the Phantom Zone comic issue two. And uh, we're going to do How- Howard the Duck. Uh, Destroyer Duck and um, a new another comic from Comics with Problems called uh, Love and Affection. <sighs> that kind <sighs> anyway, <sighs> that comic. Until next time, check out Doom www.doomcast.blogspot.com. Check out the Doom Facebook and join the Doom Facebook if you haven't already. Until next time, peace.